Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 29-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books. Two of them are on taking a simple and hurried approach to homeschooling, and you can find those at my website, dorendawilson.com. You can also find them at Amazon. The third book is a, a devotional, and you can actually find that at both of those places as well. So guys, today I want to tell you just real briefly about an amazing summer leadership program that my friends at Excel College host. It's no secret that now more than ever before, it's vital for our teens to learn to think critically and live wisely as they navigate the world and become who God made them to be. My friends at Excel College are passionate about helping young leaders learn to discover God's truth, discern wisely, and live wholeheartedly and have fun doing it. If the teenager in your home wants to grow in their faith while building lifelong friendships and going on the adventure of a lifetime, send them to Excel College's Summer Leadership Camp. It's a transformative journey where they'll go on thrilling adventures like camping, rock climbing, and whitewater rafting, and receive expert training and certifications in categories from CPR to wilderness first aid. So apply now at the excelcamp.org and select Dorinda Wilson for $100 off the camp. I will leave a link in the show notes for that. So I don't usually pay much attention to the themes for each month. You know, I feel like every day, it's this day, it's that day, it's this week, it's that week, it's this month, it's that month. But October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, and it holds a particularly special meaning for our family as we have experienced miscarriages and a stillbirth that actually did happen in October. Um, Today, I'm going to share our our family's story, but before I do, I want to make sure that you all know about my favorite math resource. Have you ever felt limited by grade-specific math materials? Have you ever wished your child could revisit earlier lessons or jump ahead when they're ready? Here's a not-so-secret gem I've come across. CTC Math, where boundaries and learning simply don't exist. With a single subscription, you gain access to all lessons across all grade levels from kindergarten right up to 12th grade. Imagine the freedom. Struggling with a concept? Jump back a grade for clarity. Ready to advance? Forge ahead. This is perfect for homeschoolers, after-school tutoring, and anyone wanting to truly master math at their own pace. Unlock unlimited potential with CTC Math. Dive in today at ctcmath.com and redefine your educational journey. I will leave a link in the show notes to make it easy for you to get there. Okay, so I'm going to just share sort of briefly um, my stories. about my miscarriages. I have had five miscarriages and eight live births. So it made it a little bit awkward sometimes when I would go in uh, and I would be pregnant again, especially the last time uh, when I was 44. And they would say, they, they want to know how many pregnancies you've had. They're not, they're not asking for live births. They want to know how many pregnancies you've had. Uh, what number of pregnancy is this? And I'm like, 13? <laughs> it just sounded like so much. But it was true. 
I have had 13 pregnancies. Obviously, they didn't all go all the way through to the end, um, and I did not have a stillbirth, which to me is a very different thing than an early miscarriage because, again, our family has actually experienced that. My daughter had a miscarriage or a stillbirth, um, but I'll talk about that in a minute. But I'll just kind of tell you like when my miscarriages happened. So I was 23 when I had my first baby. And when she was, gosh, she must have been eight or nine months. I think I got right about there. I got pregnant again, um, very happily. I was excited about it um, and just kind of went through most of the first trimester. It was kind of the holidays, so I didn't make any doctor's appointments until January. And so I was just super excited. Um, and so I went to the doctor's appointment um, to, you know, so that they could do an ultrasound and or whatever and check for the baby's heartbeat, fully expecting there to be a heartbeat there. And then I heard those dreaded words that, I'm sorry, there is no heartbeat. And I was in complete shock. It just never occurred to me that I would have a miscarriage. I mean, I'd had some morning sickness, not maybe as bad as with my first one, but I know they can all be different. And so I was just like, I was completely floored by this and I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. So I was 11 weeks pregnant when I found out, but the baby had passed around uh, week eight or nine, which is not uncommon. Um, So there was just no life and the baby was already starting to deteriorate. And so we, uh, you know, I didn't know better back then. I'd had a C-section on my first baby, was not, was not very well informed. Um, Because if I had to go back and do it over again, I would not have done it that way. Um, Because I later found out that when they told me that, you know, oh, you just have a small, you know, you have, you know, you you can't fit more than like a six pound baby out of there. And so I believed them, you know, and I found out later when a midwife checked me much, 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 much later after it already had several C-sections, she's like, I don't know what they were talking about. You could have had a nine pound baby. So, but again, I trust in God's goodness. I trust that he had a plan and, um, and I trust him that that's the, what he had for us. And so, um, but anyway, here I am, 11 weeks, I think I'm 11 weeks pregnant, and and I'm not. And it was, my husband went to all my appointments with the first baby, and I just figured, oh, I had this, not, not a big deal. You know, it's a second baby. I can go to this appointment by myself. And it was awful to be there without him there. I was just, I was so, I felt lonely. I felt devastated. I didn't even know what to think and very, very sad. So I, you know, that was probably um, the hardest miscarriage because it was so unexpected. Um, Not that I expected the other ones, but at least at that point, I knew it could happen to me. Um, I just didn't think about it on the first one. And so that was really, really hard. Um, God is so faithful, though. Um, He allowed me to get pregnant again within a couple of months, and we went on to have our second baby. And then I had another miscarriage. 
And by then I was 26 years old. I'm like, wow, two kids, two miscarriages. What in the world? But I will say I was super nervous about getting pregnant with my second one because I'd heard about secondary infertility. And I thought, what if I'm one of those people? So I did deal with a lot of fear about getting pregnant. I was very stressed about whether or not I could or would. And, um, so much so that, this is so interesting, my body did not ovulate until day 36 of my cycle, which was not normal for me. And that's when I got pregnant with our second. So basically, it was when I thought I was past the point of being able to get pregnant and I relaxed, then my body said, okay, you can ovulate now. And so when I went to the doctor to, to have my pregnancy test for the second baby, um, he said to me, when it when it came back, he said, "Well, um, he showed me the the pregnancy stick, and he goes, uh, you're a little bit pregnant or, or sort of pregnant.' I'm like, "How can you be sort of pregnant?" He goes, "Well, I just mean that this probably just happened a few days ago. I'm like, you should not know that much about my personal intimate life, <laughs> but he did. So that was our second. And then again, I had another miscarriage after her didn't have quite as much fear. That was around seven or eight weeks. So it's an early, an early miscarriage. Sad, definitely disappointing, um, difficult. None of my miscarriages, I feel like, were easy, you know? I mean, it is a loss. It is real. Um, from the second you find out you're pregnant, you have, you envision things automatically. There's this hope. There's this, you know, what will our family be like with two kids or three kids? And will this be a boy or a girl? And telling people. And and so by the time uh, we had our third, so we had baby, miscarriage, baby, miscarriage, baby number three. And then we had another miscarriage. I'm right around eight weeks again. By now, I'm I'm 28 years old, and I'm thinking three miscarriages and three kids. Was this just going to be the pattern? What's going on here? So every time I got pregnant, I was very very aware that I could lose it. But I remember I can't remember if it was the second or the third one. I was unusually despairing, and. I remember, and I'm just being completely raw here, driving home after finding out that we had lost this baby um, and having this thought as an oncoming car was coming, I should just turn into that car and end it all. Like, really? And after I had that thought, I was like, oh, my goodness. Yes, I'm sad, but that is totally the enemy. The enemy would have loved nothing else for nothing else than to wipe me out at that point in time, right? Because we went on after miscarriage number three to have baby number four and five and six and seven with no miscarriages. And those were all in my 30s, which makes no sense according to the the textbooks, right? But that is just the way my journey went. I think possibly I was maybe a little healthier. I was more conscious of um, full uh, folate and making sure that I was getting the right kind of B vitamins. The thing that I found out later, and this was quite a bit later, this after I was done having kids, that I have that genetic mutation called MTHFR. It's a terrible acronym and it's a really long, complicated word that I can't remember, so I have to use the acronym. But essentially what it means is that my body 
does not process regular B vitamins well. It doesn't use regular B vitamins well. I have to have methylated vitamins because my body doesn't methylate the B. Um, I think that's how it works. But at the end of the day, what that means is I can be very low in specifically in folate, um, which is what could contribute to an early miscarriage. And so that's just a little tip that I want to throw out there. Also, if you're getting up there in age, according to the doctors, I say you have babies until God tells you to stop, right? If that's in your 40s, you should do it, you know? So I'm not that, I don't buy all that geriatric pregnancy baloney. Um, God is the giver of life. And so um, anyway, all that to say, I had a baby at 29, baby at 32, another one at 34. And then my last baby, I was just about 37 when I had him. And he was actually born with um, a heart defect. And um, I know a lot of people would have been like, well, you had a baby over 35, shame on you. And I'm like, really? Because God knit Silas together in my womb and he had a plan and a purpose for him. And Silas has brought so much to our family and he still does. Um, He is a character. He can be a challenge. Um, Most of you know he's on the spectrum, um, but pretty high functioning, but still just, I mean, just a whole thing where it's like all of my normal mothering stuff, intuition, not all of it, but there are quite a few things that I've, that have been, parenting him has been somewhat counterintuitive. Let's put it that way. And I actually have talked about this in a couple of podcast episodes. I talked about, um, I think, uh, our experience with autism and then also, or what I've learned so far about autism. And then I also talked about respect, responsibility, um, and our special needs kids. And so I can leave those links in the show notes as well. Um, let me drop that, jot that down here. So, okay. Um, okay. So let me write that down. So I would, if I don't write it down, you guys, I won't remember. Um, and sometimes even when I write it down, I forget because I can't find my paper. Um, but anyway, so I had Silas at almost 37. Then we had, um, several years of, we really did want more kids. Like, we were like, we're, we're open, Lord, whatever you want. But one of the prayers that we had prayed all the way, I think since our third baby was like, Lord, we're going to leave this in your hands um, because we felt that that is what he called us to, okay? I'm not putting that on anybody else. I'm not saying you're sinning by preventing pregnancy. Um, how you prevent pregnancy, that that that's kind of a whole other topic that I'm not going to get into today, but just be careful. Um, but anyway, in terms of um, leaving our fertility in the hands of the Lord, we did that. And I did not get pregnant again until um, I was 42. Oh, I got to finish my other story. So we had been praying that God would make it so that our childbearing years would just end naturally and we would not have to be forced to make a decision because sometimes doctors will tell you you're going to die if you have another baby or do you have this chance? And it depending on the doctor, it could be hooey. 
So we really have to pray. It's a real struggle because we have to pray and say, Lord, what do you want? And is this doctor right? Do we need to be careful? Do we need to prevent this? And and it's just such a personal decision, but it's quite a dilemma when that happens, especially if you're wanting to stay open to how many, however many kids God want, God wants to give you. Um, now, if you're not, you might just say, okay, that's our out, you know. Um, but that was not us. And so we prayed and said, Lord, would you just make this a natural thing that we will never have to make that decision? And we did not. So when I was 42, I got pregnant again. And I'm telling you, it was pregnancy in your 40s is, um, at least for me, I think partly because my hormones were already starting to head towards uh, perimenopause, menopause, that it took me so much longer to recover from the miscarriages than in my 40s than in my 20s. Um, Even though it was difficult in my 20s, um, emotionally and all of that, um, I would say that was almost more physically difficult in my 40s. Just my hormones trying to find their balance again was really, really challenging. So if you're um, I mentioned before, if you're getting, uh, you know, maybe in your later 30s, early 40s, um, I would consider looking into supplementing with some progesterone cream. Um, it can really help level out periods because we start to lose progesterone as we get older. It will also help sustain a pregnancy if you've if you've got your progesterone levels up where they need to be before you get pregnant and during um, early pregnancy, it can uh, prevent pregnancy loss. Um, just because pregnancy loss when you're older can result from low progesterone, so I'm just throwing that out there. Um, so I had a I was pregnant at uh, 42 and lost that one and figured I think that that ship had sailed. We were done. It was over. Pretty much, I was feeling like I was ready to move on. And then at 44, I got pregnant again. Talk about a massive shocker. Um, my husband was, let me think here, he was 50, I think. He's seven years older than me. So yeah, he was 51. And so we were joking about, you know, how um, on Father of the Bride 2, when he, uh, George Banks says, you know, if you add our ages together, we're, we're over a hundred years old and we were there and we were laughing and joking about that. Um, my doctor put me on progesterone to sustain the pregnancy again, because I was 44 and, um, we went to nine weeks and went in for a checkup and the baby was a fully formed nine week old baby. Um, but there was no heartbeat. And um, it was just one of those things where, you know, the, it was the baby was so still and so quiet. And I just wanted to poke it, poke it. Okay, wake up, wake up, wake up. But that was not what God had for us. And our youngest daughter, who had longed for a younger sibling, she had her little brother who was two years younger than her, but she had been asking for years for another baby. He was so excited about this baby. And so she had to be there when that happened. But, you know, I just had to trust God that he knew he was sovereign and he allowed her to be there and we could have that hard conversation and she would have that experience. And that's what he had for her. So, Miscarriages are very real losses. You know, a lot of people, a lot of women feel very lonely in a miscarriage because it's difficult for uh, their husband to relate um, because it's so early on. Um, But I will say, moms, he does have his own grief. And so 
make sure that you acknowledge that he has had a loss as well. Um, but it can feel lonely. And um, and that's why I decided to do a second episode uh, following this one up um, on talking about hope for women who are grieving miscarriage and stillbirth um, to talk about uh, just kind of um, go through kind of like more of the emotions that are felt and turning to scriptures. And, um, and the conversation is with Jackie Gibson, um, who wrote a book called Still a Mother. And so we have a beautiful conversation coming up on that. So I hope that you'll listen in to that. But I just remember um, back when, uh, you know, I mentioned before just feeling that despair. Um, I just want you to know that that is a common feeling. You are grieving a loss and it it's not, it's not irrelevant. It matters. A lot of people might not understand it, um, but it is a loss, but it also needs to be um, processed that way and processed with our hearts oriented toward the Lord. Because what can happen is between the hormone plunge and the sadness and the fear of, can we get pregnant again? Um, and just that whole, all the emotions that come with that kind of loss can skew our view of God and who he is. And so it we need to be careful that we are um, going to the word of God and reminding ourselves of who he says he is, because that is who he is, whether we feel it in the moment or not. And we talk a lot more about this in the next episode. So I hope you'll you'll listen in. But there was a song I was listening to on the way to one of my doctor's appointments, wondering if this was going to be a miscarriage or not, which it did turn out to be. And I'll share a link in the show notes to this song. Um, It's an oldie, um, but it's called Sometimes He Calms the Storm. And it's by Scott Crippane. And so what I want to do is just simply share the lyrics with you. And again, I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can listen to the song if you'd like. Um, But I'm going to read the lyrics here to you. All who sail the sea of faith find out before too long how quickly blue skies can grow dark and gentle winds grow strong. Suddenly fear is like white water pounding on the soul. Still we sail on knowing that our Lord is in control. Sometimes he calms the storm with a whispered peace be still. He can settle any sea, but it doesn't mean he will. Sometimes he holds us close and lets the wind and waves go wild. Sometimes he calms the storm, and other times he calms his child. He has a reason for each trial that we pass through in life. And though we're shaken, we cannot be pulled apart from Christ. No matter how the driving rain beats down on those who hold to faith, a heart of trust will always be a quiet, peaceful place. And so we pray and ask the Lord to give us a heart of trust. You know, back in that day, I mentioned when I was despairing, I think about how the enemy doesn't care where you are. He does not care how deeply you're grieving. He will come in and try to 
wreck your life. And so we need to be gatekeepers of our hearts. We need to guard our hearts from going down roads and places that we should not. We have to ask the Lord to help us to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ um, while simultaneously grieving the loss and acknowledging uh, the depth of sorrow that we are feeling. So moms, if you're in the midst of this right now, um, I just want to encourage you. Um, I'm going to leave you with a, a last little bit of encouragement. But before I do, I also want to just mention that I've had uh, two of our daughters have had miscarriages and a uh, daughter-in-law has had a miscarriage. Um, but our oldest daughter has had a stillbirth. And so that was our first grandchild. It was her first child, her and her husband's first child. And so um, we've experienced this kind of loss on, on, you know, just on the early side of things and on the very late side of things. He was, um, she was 41 weeks when she lost him. And um, we're going to talk more about uh, stillbirth and loss and, and just the emotions that come with it. And, um, but the hope that we can find in the Lord in the next episode. But moms, if you're walking through this right now, um, I just want to encourage you to take the time um, to, to grieve. Um, give yourself margin to grieve while also uh, reorienting yourself toward the truth of who God is, um, that he is in control, that he is good, and that he loves us. He loves us with an everlasting love. And, you know, everybody's valley, dark valley, is their dark valley. You know, we we each experience our own unique valleys when it comes to our losses. Um, and yet there is no place that we can go that is so dark and so far away that God doesn't meet us there. So I hope you find that encouraging, and I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your goodness to us, Lord. I pray for every mom listening who has experienced miscarriage, stillbirth, whether it's been recent or a while back, or knows someone who has and is wanting to bring them comfort, Lord. I ask that you would just pour your grace and mercy over them. We thank you that you are the God of peace. We thank you that we can trust entrust everything into your hands, including our children, Lord, and our pregnancies. And so, Father, we thank you that you are merciful and kind and loving. And even when we're grieving deeply and it doesn't feel like you're good, Father, you are, in fact, good. I ask that you would just reveal yourself in a very real and powerful way to each and every mom who's listening I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.